Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's recording of Keeping an Eye on the Geopolitical Ball with me, uh, Jamie Shea, Senior Fellow at Friends of Europe. Uh, last Thursday, uh, there was a late-night session of the United States Senate where finally the senators voted 63 to 36 to approve the raising of the U.S. debt uh, uh, ceiling. Uh, this followed a vote uh, the day before in the U.S. House of Representatives uh, where a majority of the representatives also voted uh, to raise the uh, debt uh, ceiling, currently standing at 31.4 trillion uh, US uh, dollars. Now, what's remarkable about this? Well, first and foremost, that it was a rare moment of bipartisanship in an increasingly acrimonious and polarised uh, US uh, political uh, system. Secondly, uh, it came just in the nick of time, within a matter of days, uh, to prevent the United States from having to default uh, on its debt, which would have meant that the government would have stopped sending uh, Medicare and Medicaid checks uh, to its uh, uh, senior citizens, uh, or would have had to stop funding uh, the US uh, military or paying its bills uh, internationally. Uh, of course, uh, if you have bipartisanship, uh, it means compromise. Uh, and indeed, the Biden administration had to compromise. For example, there will now be work requirements for older Americans who receive food aid. Uh, some environmental laws uh, will be relaxed uh, to fast stream the approval of, of new uh, energy uh, infrastructure projects. Uh, there was also the approval for what the Republicans wanted, which is the construction of a natural gas pipeline in West Virginia across the Appalachians. Uh, but on the other hand, the Biden administration also uh, had some gains. There will be no cuts uh, to Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and uh, many uh, Americans who are veterans or homeless or who are young people in foster care, uh, will now become eligible uh, for food assistance, which will increase the number uh, uh, that uh, will potentially be able to benefit from those uh, programs. The Republicans on their side uh, got the fact that the Trump tax cuts going back to 2017, particularly uh, on the corporations and the wealthy, uh, will continue uh, until 2025 and probably beyond and the defence budget was increased by uh, 1%. Uh, there was an also uh, an agreement among Republicans and Democrats uh, to impose an automatic 1% spending cut uh, if Congress fails to approve uh, the annual spending uh, bills. This is going to be a powerful incentive for both sides to reach consensus on those spending, uh, spending bills to avoid that 1% automatic uh, budget cut. Now, Dear listeners, as you can imagine, this uh, agreement was greeted with a sigh of relief, uh, both within the United States and uh, uh, internationally. As Joe Biden himself said, it was a crisis uh, averted. Um, the United States will continue to be a solvent uh, uh, country. But in the long run, uh, this compromise leaves me, at least, with some very worrying thoughts and preoccupations. Uh, the number one, the national debt of the United States was not at all reined in. It will continue to grow. Republicans have consistently refused to reverse tax cuts or, or to uh, decrease the defense budget or spending on veterans. Democrats have consistently refused to uh, have any more demanding eligibility criteria 
uh, for those in receipt of uh, Social Security, particularly Medicare uh, and uh, Medicaid. Um, uh, the Republicans wanted to decrease the national debt by $4.8 trillion uh, by making savings over the next decade. Even the Biden administration agreed to cuts of $3 trillion. But at the end, the compromise means that at the very maximum, the US debt will only be cut by $1.5 trillion uh, if the savings are all uh, realized. So at the moment, according to US budget experts, the US national debt is on track to exceed $50 trillion uh, in a decade uh, uh, from now. Uh, also, if you look at where the cuts occurred, uh, they only affected one-seventh uh, of the U.S. Uh, annual government budget of $6.4 trillion, uh, which means that, therefore, six-sevenths uh, of the budget is still being ring-fenced ring and cannot be uh, touched at all. Now, the advantage of disagreement was that uh, it will remain in place until January 2025, which means that it won't be uh, debated next year, which, of course, is an uh, election year. But uh, again, if we look at the long term, we see that Social Security costs in the United States will increase by 67 percent up to 2032. Uh, and the number of people in the U.S. population who are 65 or over will go up from 34 percent to 46 percent which means that whereas a couple of years ago, the United States was always being portrayed uh, as a young uh, population, particularly compared with demographics in Europe, it's now like Europe becoming a grain population uh, as uh, well. In other words, 37% uh, of the entire US budget will go on Medicare and Medicaid uh, alone. And that will mean that the cost to the United States of servicing every year that debt will go to $1.4 trillion just on interest payments, which is almost double the size of the current United States uh, defense uh, uh, budget. Republicans also made clear that they want to extend the Trump tax cuts after 2025, uh, uh, which has led the International Monetary Fund to say that the United States now is not raising enough tax revenue and needs to crimp seriously uh, the eligibility uh, for all of the Social Security and Medicaid uh, uh, spending through, for example, means testing or, or raising uh, the age limit uh, to qualify. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development in Paris reckons that the U.S. is now one of the lowest taxed countries in the Western world. But the problem is, is that the U.S. public simply won't budge when it comes to its Social Security handouts. 84% uh, of Democrats, according to a recent Reuters-Ipsos poll, don't want any changes, and a staggering 73% of Republicans, despite the Republican Party always calling for spending reductions, also don't want these uh, budget uh, cuts uh, to be contemplated uh, at all. So Congress is basically paralyzed between the Republicans demanding their tax cuts and the Democrats demanding their Social Security. Well, what does all this mean? Well, it means that on present trends, the United States is going to become increasingly insolvent. Uh, attempts at uh, raising taxes, for example, the Biden administration proposed a tax on those earning over $400,000 a year, all very, uh, already very generous, uh, were uh, rejected, in including at the time when the Democrats controlled uh, both houses of uh, uh, Congress. 
So uh, if this paralysis and the lack of reform of the U.S. Constitution continue, what does it mean? Well, from a geopolitical perspective, and of course the title of these talks are, is Keeping an Eye on the Geopolitical Ball, it means that the United States has to be careful in the way it handles China. Uh, the American uh, academic uh, from Columbia, Michael Doyle, has estimated that it cost the United States $13 trillion in $1990 uh, to prevail in the Cold War. And that was against the Soviet Union, which was a much less dynamic and economically successful country than China. What this therefore means, uh, dear listeners, is that if the U.S. Uh, gets involved now in a Cold War-style 40- to 50-year confrontation uh, with China, uh, the cost could go uh, well above $13 trillion, uh, but over $100 or $200 trillion uh, in 2023 uh, dollar terms. This would be in terms of uh, uh, domestic stability at home and American commitments overseas completely unsustainable. So, the lesson for me of the U.S. budget debate of last week is that the United States has a serious interest in preventing a Cold War with China. How to do it? Well, uh, obviously, uh, to try to stick to the status quo over Taiwan, uh, or, for example, to draw China into Indo-Pacific trading packs that the United States is looking at uh, at, the, at the moment, to have arms control talks with China, uh, to reduce military spending levels, cut nuclear arms, uh, and those kind of things, uh, to have uh, security at much uh, lower uh, levels, to have agreement on technology standards, to involve China more into, into international organizations. I'm not talking about appeasement. Uh, if China confronts the United States aggressively, as Putin has done in Ukraine, then uh, the United States will need to respond. But while there's a still chance of averting a Cold War II, the United States also has the best chance of averting an economic breakdown. Thank you very much for listening today, and I look forward to engaging with you next week.